1: Your as a hero, but leave a Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode and I am so excited to be joined by Paul Minter. And this conversation has been a long time coming um, and feels like really appropriate because I think that he really does embody what it means for kind of movement, running to benefit both our mental and physical health um, and his story is really quite mind-blowing Um, and I've been following it for quite a while when it first came to my attention in the media um, and I don't want to give too much away so without further ado, hello Paul, thank you so much for joining me um, and maybe you can tell us like where are you and what you're doing um, and how you want to introduce yourself?
2: Hi,
3: yeah, thank you uh, thank you for having me on here. Um, it has been a long time coming. There's uh, been a few uh, obstacles and hurdles <laughs> to get through, but uh, we've finally made it. Um, I'm currently running 5,000 miles around UK coastlines, which include England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland, Isle of Wight and Isle of Man. I started on the 1st of October. March and I finished on the 1st of October 2022. Uh, and currently sitting in Wales uh, in the west coast, a place called Tirin. I'm not very good
1: at pronouncing the Welsh name, unfortunately, I'm always getting told off for of it. Okay, we'll go with yeah. that. <laughs> Sorry to any Welsh listeners. <laughs> yeah, so um, I mean, I've been in the army
3: for, I was in the army for 18 years. Um, having lose, lost a lot of friends to suicide unfortunately uh, gone through some mental health struggles myself I found different ways on um, holistic ways of how I can better myself through uh, multiple different things I can use on a day to day basis and I really wanted to help more people um, I started doing it on a more individual basis and it, I basically didn't want to sit back anymore and not share what uh, the knowledge I, and
2: understanding and awareness that I learned myself. And from there, I, I've left the army in 20, November 2020, set up a charity with three other people, which is called Head Up Charity. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're developing
3: a seven-day positive mindset retreat, which will uh, help every, anyone in any the armed forces and veterans, where they go to for seven days, and they learn holistical methods and how they can help themselves. Some very similar stuff, plus more on stuff that I learned myself and as a way of trying to get the name out there uh, spread awareness and attention for the charity um and get some fundraising for the retreat we need uh i decided to do something big i knew something big needed to be done and i thought what a Bella way than running uh five thousand miles around the uk <laughs> flying the flag talking to people spreading the word networking with lots of different people and seeing what sort what of ten- media attention we really gather from it and getting a name out there and really get this retreat that we know is going to be life-saving and life-changing for a lot
1: of people. I mean that is just incredible and I mean you say that what better thing I, could I do than run 5,000 miles as if it's just sort of something that popped into your head one day not not many people would think think that at all and I think sometimes we can focus so much on what people do these kind of big achievements but I think really kind of buried within that is your your why your kind of why you're doing it so I just kind of wanted to sort of hone in on on that and and you talked a lot Um, there really succinctly (laughs) and eloquently about um, some things that were to do with your experience in the army um, and your own personal experiences. And I just wanted to kind of dig a little bit deeper into that and how that sort of influenced um, what you're deciding to do now, really. Um, Well, yeah, firstly, I'd like just to say
3: that I've spent 18 years in the army and I had a fantastic time. Um, anything I say, I don't want it to take away yeah, from. I so I wouldn't want anyone to be discouraged from joining um, based on what I'm talking about uh, today with mental health. However, uh, when I joined up, um, I really wanted to go around the world, see stuff, help people. I was very much in the knowledge that you know Iraq uh, um, was up, was going up. There was a war going on in Iraq. Um, and it's something I wanted to be involved in for whatever reason. Um, when I joined, Afghanistan had just started as well, and I was one of the first lot to go out there to Afghanistan um, and fight the Taliban. Um, the stuff that we saw that the Taliban were doing to the local people was really, really not very nice, so it wasn't a hard decision to get involved, and I wasn't the front line. Um, during my time, I meld. Mean, Moving forward, I've like, I do, I done four tours in Afghanistan and one in, in Iraq. And when you're out there, when you're out there, you will... Apologies. Like but, when, when you are out there, you do see stuff, you get involved in stuff um, that you can only imagine does happen on the front line. Mm-hmm. Um, and that, in, that includes a lot of shooting, a lot of firing, a lot of uh, people and things being blown up. And you're experiencing this all the, all the time. I spent three and a half years of my life doing this. To um, so a lot of people, it can sound a bit, um, you know, not, like a not a very nice thing to be doing, but when you see the families and the children and, and the lives that are changing, it's a sacrifice that a lot of armed forces personnel are willing to make, putting their life on the line. Myself, I've got I've been blown up twice. Uh, uh, once very badly with rocket ball grenades where only three of us survived it and four didn't and um, a whole bunch of different stuff like this. I've seen people tread on, improvise, explosive devices next to me and not survive and all sorts of stuff. And it is part of war, war, unfortunately, but what the armed forces have not been very good at doing in the past is bringing people um, back down again and not, you know, they're very good at training people up, getting them to the point of going to war, going to battle. Um, but then they just seem to leave them there and then after they go back into normal life uh, and, and you just expect it to to carry on and unfortunately that's not how the brain and the wires and the chemicals that we got inside of us works there should be ways to bring us back down and calm us down and, and stop us being at such a high level of uh, uh, alertness and and that threat all the time so yeah so I after quite a long time I am suffered really badly. I think after my fourth tour of Afghanistan, I suffered quite badly with paranoia. Mm-hmm. And um, to the point where I'd be outside walking around thinking people were following me, thinking people were talking about me. And it, it, was, it was a really, really uh, unpleasant sort of feeling. There'd be lots of. There'd be one side of me knowing that he's. <laughs> Sorry, there might be children. <laughs> there'd, be,
2: okay. there'd
3: be one. There'll be one part of me knowing that it's not the right way of thinking, but another part of me thinking, you know, that it's real, it's a real feeling. Uh, so, what this happens is it leads to anxiety and anxiety and leads to depression, and you can be very unsure as to where your mindset is, uh, what reality is like, even a lot of the time.
1: I can, I thank you so much for, for sharing that so, so honestly, um, and I, I'm sure. That that is, I mean, for me, listening to that, um, there's stuff that resonates, but also your your particular experience. It, it's it's kind of an, an unimaginable trauma to go through, um, and I'm I'm sort of interested in in how you how you've personally dealt with that. Um, whether kind of running a movement have been part of that. Whether you would be an advocate of kind of using. Um, using activity to kind of combat mental trauma um, and any other kind of coping mechanisms that you've found that have got you to to the point that you are now? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think I was always very sporty. I love fitness. It was part of my thing. And when I was struggling, one
3: of the big things that I... One of the things that stopped almost in, instantly for me <laughs> was my, my fitness and my sports and running and um, all the multiple different um, activities activities I, I took part in because of the paranoia and because of the anxiety. I just didn't want to be involved or be around people. Um, and that even includes running. Like running can be a very uh, peaceful, independent sport if you want it to be. But for me at the time, just even being outside was a struggle. Mm. So I lost, I lost all of that. Um, and when I finally decided to... Um, try and change my my life, trying to get better. One um, well, of the first the first thing I done was it was actually three o'clock in the morning. Something happened, I kind of woke up and decided like something needs to change now. And the first thing I done was I saw my running trainers, picked them up, and went for a ten mile run at three o'clock in the morning. You know, and it just it just brought back all the happiness, all, all my endorphins, It stimulated my body, stimulated my mind. It took me back to that happy place. It gave me a bit of self-worth again. And I think, you know, being on this run now, running 5,000 miles, I've had, I've had over 700 people join me on my run so far. And it's a, it's a continuous story that I keep hearing from different people and feeling myself as being outside and running. It's just something that you can just do anywhere. It doesn't matter what pace you're going at. It doesn't matter how far you go. Um, it just, it stimulates. It's your brain, it stimulates your body, it stimulates your, your, your nervous system, it gets everything going, everything working. Um, it's all. It's a great way of, there's, there's more and more organisations that are like Run Talk Run or Run Talk, uh, Rock Talk Run. It's just a great way to engage with someone without she having to be so intimate. So you not have to look at each other's eyes, but yeah, because your body's so stimulant and your brain's stimulant and you're moving and your endorphins and your dopamine are all all uh, been ignited, yeah, um, it allows you to open up to people as well. And be, people can talk to each other in a way that they probably wouldn't do if they were sitting
1: over a table. And are you finding that um, on on this particular run that people who are kind of drawn to to come and run with you, um, do they share similar kinds of stories that it that it's helping them? battle demons or, or come through difficult times are they the kinds of people that, that are drawn to your experience yeah i think there's, there's lots of different types of people that are drawn to it but um one thing that i realized is that everyone seems to have it doesn't matter who what walk of life you're in um what financial position in life what mental state you're in everyone goes through hardships through life no matter it doesn't matter how how um, big of a hardship one person might see, because it compared to another, everyone does. And I've had a lot of people run with me who, for the first time, have kind of opened up as well, um, because they know that. Because I'm so honest and open with what I'm saying, um, and also what I'm talking about, and they it allows them to open up a lot as well. And because they're running and because they're moving. Um, They they seem to open up really quickly, and and they even say that I've tried to speak to people before. I've tried to sit around a table and speak to someone, but actually they found that running uh, and moving really really helps them um, talk to someone, especially if it's someone that's already opened up and has already been honest about themselves. I mean, firstly, thank you because I think, I mean, please know that like that it really does make a difference and. I think whatever the kind of end goal with what you're doing or what it started off as that you're intending to do, obviously it is just having such an impact on so many people who aren't necessarily army veterans or gone through your experience, but are just just connecting to you being open and true and honest. and that's a really amazing amazing thing I mean, do you find that i mean there's obviously the physical challenge which we'll get into, but do you find that that's quite that's quite a big role to take on as well yourself and and i i mean this this wasn't a question that I saw that I considered beforehand, really, but I'm interested with that kind of you sort of you act as this almost kind of Therapist in a way, I guess that kind of like that talking kind of friend role. And how do you sort of manage that when when you're on your run? Um,
3: yeah, I guess it kind of has um, turned into it. Not that I necessarily one or meant it to, um, but a lot of people have said that. A lot of people have said that you know talking to you is really helped. But not only just talking, because I have I am now in the sector, a charity sector. I know a lot of different charities and organisations, so although our charity isn't active as of yet, it will be soon, um, but I know a lot of others, so people have come to me and they've, they've said they need some sort of help, they don't know really what, they, what where to start, where they should go, um, and I've, I've been able to direct a lot of people to different places and have some good success stories. But I just think that, just being open and honest, um, people have helped me, I mean, you know, i Although i I found many ways to, to help myself in a much much better position than I was a few years ago, um, it's it's a, it's a lifestyle really. It's not just a, a one a one time fix. You get better and that's it. Yeah. It's, uh, you know we've all got feelings and emotions and they will continue to to, to overflow and and. And uh, um, keep going on for as long as we live. So we just need to, the. more I talk to people, the more I find out about myself, and the more I find out about ways that the things that they do and it's experience for everyone.
1: And what do you think? Um, for, well, for anyone really, but in particular, um, army veterans. What do you think the barriers are for them to to seek help? Do you think there's a kind of stigmatisation or, or fear there that, that means that, that a lot of people suffer in silence and don't open up, um, as, as you have? And as you said, you kind of struggled for a long time to actually sort of address what was happening and be able to be to talk to people about it. And w- what do you think those barriers are, both for yourself and for others? And I think, firstly, a lot of the people in the armed
3: forces, they're quite hardy, quite proud and they will find it difficult to um, even acknowledge that there is a problem in the first place or they let it fester for so long thinking it will just pass, it will go I'm not that sort of person who has these problems Um, or they're just not aware that actually what they're going through is a problem they might just let it boil up for so long that eventually they just think it's part of their personality and part of who they are so, um, yeah, I think, first of all, just understanding your feelings and emotions and thinking, okay, well, this isn't right, this isn't normal um, for me, and there's something that needs to be done with it. I think that's one of the first problems. Um,
2: I do think there is also quite a bit of a stigma of, of wanting to ask for help.
3: Um, for those that are, are still serving, a lot of, lot, of, lot of the time like, people in our forces will say... Um, you know, it, it won't affect your career, it won't affect your reporting or something like that. But it, it, it does, unfortunately. Um, al- almost, if, even if the, the, the uh, line managers uh, and people in charge above them, they try hard for it not to. But when you're taken away from, as soon as you say you've got a mental health or you've got problems, it being been diagnosed with some sort of mental health or, or, or any, any type, there are many things that you can't do anymore. It takes you away from... Everyone else takes you away from your friends, takes you away from doing your normal job. Um, and if you're not doing your job, you can't be reported on as as well as your peers. And, and you're also taken away from the environment, of being hanging around with the people that you're normally used to um, being with. Um, because they're off doing certain things that you can't. Normally, like weapons and, and ammunition, which you, you won't normally be able to use. So there is a bit of a stigma and a bit of a problem. But... Uh, like What we're trying to do at Head Up Charity is rather than, we're not trying to take anything away from from
2: um, like having medication or getting uh, psychiatric treatment or counselling, but what we're trying to do is actually give people
3: a better, a better understanding and awareness of things that they can do in their day-to-day life. And, which will improve their own mindset and give them a bit of control back. So I think when you do ask for help, you do lose a bit of control. You do become a little bit of a victim in your own mindset. Um,
1: and at a place that you you probably never envisaged yourself be in. Yeah, that's um that's really interesting. Do you think there's a kind of do you think there's an attachment to a sort of a kind of quite macho sort of attitude towards mental health? Would that be a good way of putting it? Do you think? Yeah, I think there is a there is definitely um a bit of a macho side to it.
3: Um I think, I think it's changing with the generations coming below us. I think they're talking a lot more. They're coming through I'm not I'm not a teacher, but I, think I do, from people that I've spoken to, um, it's spoken a lot more in schools, it's maybe spoken a lot more in the classrooms and, and stuff, and it's not becoming such a um, sort of like a, a thing not to talk about, which it has been before. When I was in the
2: army, it, it was, and I don't think I'd even heard, I know it sounds a bit weird, but I didn't even heard the word depression mm. until I was about 25. Wow. So, you know, you can go through that sort of stuff not, knowing what, not even having a word or anything to put next to it. Uh, where now it's very much is very well spoken about, um,
3: and the younger generation are very good at talking. To, it seems to be very good at talking with each other, um, but there it does leave uh, um, several generations, uh, my, where I am and above, that still have that that sort of uh, stiff upper lip, won't talk to anyone, just get on with it. And unfortunately, that can lead to all sorts of problems.
1: Yeah, I think as as you say, now in education we focus so much more, um, sort of in, in the PSHE program and in general school life with, with developing more emotional literacy and emotional awareness. But as you say, it's the it's the generations that were caught in between that we still need to support and help and, and to give those those words and and that support to as well. Absolutely. Um, and you started talking about head up and i would just like to kind of to bring the conversation back to what you're doing now um and, and your kind of goals with that so first of all just to kind of o- almost come back to to the, your opening words with with our conversation like you're running around the whole of the uk like where did that idea come from? <laughs> I was like, okay, I want to do something big. I'm going to run all the way around the UK. Where, where did that come?
3: Yeah, so actually, it's quite a good story to it. So the first lockdown, um, I managed to escape to the Highlands in Scotland with a few friends. We all have done our own in London and we didn't want to be stuck on our own. And one of our friends had a house up there. And so we went up there. And there's a lock called Lock Tape. And um, it was, I had a little a little inkling lock, a little scratch. I kept wanting to run around it. Um, I never ran that sort of distance. It was quite big. I didn't know how far it was either. Um, and then after a few weeks, well, once we were allowed to go out and, and do a bit of fitness, I decided to go out and run around it. And it's 34 miles long, 34 miles and it's the conference in the end. And when I was running around it, um, I'd already had the idea for the charity and the retreat. I just knew I wanted to do something, and whilst being out on that run, it kind of all came to me that, well, why don't I do a run? And then I thought, well, I wanted to incorporate uh, the four nations which kind of make up, well, the, the, the four main nations that make up you, uh, British Armed Forces, which is Northern Ireland, England, Scotland and Wales. And I was kind of thinking, well, what? how, do I, how do, I, what do I run from that city to city to city? And in the end, I just thought, well, why don't I circumference it? And then, you know, um, whilst I do that, I can talk to different people along the way, get the word out. But also, I knew that there's a lot of challenges. There. There's a lots sort of uh, fantastic uh, uh, fitness stuff that people are doing, and I just I'm not trying to better anyone in any way, by any means, and neither do I, nor do I think I do, but. I just knew it had to be something big if I wanted to get the media attention that I was after. If I wanted to get people's attention, if I wanted to get the funding and, and networking and backing that I was hoping I for, I knew it had to be something big. Uh, um, so, yeah, I just thought, let's just run around the conference. And um, it didn't just happen like, right, I'm going to run around it, that's it done. It took quite a bit of planning. I looked into it, um, looked into who, who else has done something similar. And there's a few people that have run around Great Britain that are very similar to what I'm doing. And it's just not Northern Ireland, Isle of Man, and Isle of Wight as mm-hmm. well. Um, and the
1: only reason I'm doing Isle of Wight, the Northern Ireland, is because they're part of the, the British Army. So, and what's your preparation been like for for such a massive challenge?
3: Yeah, the first thing I had done was, oh, that right. How how does my body ha- handle running continuously? So, I think it was June twenty twenty. I uh, half marathon every day in June uh, first thing in the morning and I felt really good I, I really enjoyed it. actually a lot, a lot more than I thought I would so, <laughs> oh, well there you we go that's not too bad uh, um, and then I'd done 20 miles a day for 20 days just to up the, the mileage, and it was a little bit more difficult but I would run at a much faster speed um, uh, and then eventually I was actually supposed to start this run in November 2020 so, but thankfully, uh, I a, a proper good silver lining. It, was, um, it, it got cancelled five days before I was supposed to start because of another lockdown. So, mm. I delayed it until the 1st first, first of March 2022 uh, and I decided to um, to get a, a running coach. So, I ended up getting a proper running coach, a lady called Carla Molinaro, mm. who is one of the UK's best ultramarathon runners. And she'd been in touch with me prior, such a lovely lady. And she finally agreed, eventually agreed to coach me for 12 months. Um, and we've done some really, really good um, training, lots of strength and conditioning, a lot of balance work, um, strengthening all the muscles in the feet. Um, she, she had me standing on one leg for a long time. And I was thinking, <laughs> like, why am I really paying her to make me stand on one leg? But, uh, uh, but as I run around now, I can see exactly why she was doing it, we had the amount of Terrain that I go over, all the different sorts of of um, like rocks and pebbles and stones, loose stones, fixed stones, sand, um, mud, uh, uh, muddy fields, all sorts. So my feet needed the muscles in my feet needed to be strong. Uh, so I done a lot of stuff like that, and it was really interesting to to get some training from someone who'd been been
1: there and 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 extremely well well at first with, with long-distance running and multi-day running. Because Carla, she has the, is it the Land's End to John O'Groats or John Groats to Land's End record, doesn't she, for, for women?
3: Yeah, she she went and ran it in 2020, I believe, maybe like September or something like that. Um, incredible, incredible distances for, I can't remember,
1: maybe 11 days, 11 point something days. Yeah. And yeah, she, made, she wrote a record by 10 hours, which wow. is incredible so what was her reaction when you said what you were planning to do was she she quite laid back about it was she
3: <laughs> I think she saw me on the news or someone had spoken or maybe saw me losing and someone that she knew knew me and uh, such a lovely lady she is she got in contact and said hi, hi this is who I am would you like me to talk to you for you know, an hour just give me some advice and I was like, oh, that's really nice yes yeah, so we, that's the first time we spoke and we got on really well um and she was there, she said, I'm here for any advice whenever you need it. Uh, and then when I wanted a running coach, I, had, I kind of phoned her up and I said, Hi, Carla, look, I'm, I'm, it's been delayed for a year. Can you be my running coach for 12 months? And she said, uh, I've got a bit of a list of people. Um, unfortunately, I don't know how to fit you in. Mm -hmm. Um, And over about 30 seconds of us hanging up the phone, she called me back and just said, look, I can't not be part of this amazing challenge for mental health and for charity. So, yes, I'll be your coach for 12 months. And she was was just absolutely amazing all the way through.
1: Oh, that's amazing. And days and days of standing on one leg later and you're... You're nearly towards towards the end of that. And I mean, that must feel how do you feel at the moment? Because um, just in our kind of pre-recording chat, you were saying that you really don't have that much longer to go. And and how are you feeling now, kind of towards the tail end of of this epic adventure? Um, and also kind of do you have you found that the actual process of doing it, has that been you've worked so hard obviously on your mental health before doing this but um how has it been kind of you know you've been running with people probably spending quite a lot of time alone I would imagine as well in it and what's that journey been like for you both mentally and physically and and how are you feeling about it kind of coming to an end so quite a few questions that I so take your time to, yeah, <laughs> to like, it. Okay.
2: um
3: yeah it's It's been, I say to, people say to me all the time, you must be so, you must be so bored and fed up with running. And then (laughs) I'm like, I went, come and run with me one day. This happened to a few people. They're like, okay, yeah, I'll come and run with you. And they're just like, oh, wow, this is incredible. You know, we're out by the, by the the ocean on our side. We're in nature. We're we're in fresh air. We're talking. We're having a great time. Uh, Um, we're deep breathing because you're running for such a long distance of time. We're outdoors all the time, uh, all day. And, you know, I often think back to times where I'd, I'd have been in, laying in bed and, you know, got so mentally unwell and I didn't want to, you know, I, I would have given anything just to have been outside, but I just wasn't in that position to do so. So to go from, like, laying in bed for weeks and weeks at a time to being outdoors, seeing nature... Deep breathing, um, you know, my, my body being stimulated, my mind being stimulated. Talking to people, or being on my own, um, seeing seeing all different animals, seeing different landscapes, or the whole coastline of
0: the UK pretty much so far.
3: Um, I just feel great. Uh, I, I do my gratitude every all day, every day, and just be so grateful to be outside. So mentally, um, I'm in a great place, and you know, um, and physically. It took a while for my legs to adjust as I, it was only to be expected. It's one of the things that Carla said. Which Carla, one of the best things, I think, advice Carla gave me was in the first few weeks, you're going to think that you're injured, but you will know the difference between injury, but you're going to have lots of niggles and pains and gripes everywhere. So you just push through them, they'll go and it'll pop up somewhere else, and they'll go and it'll pop up somewhere else. and. <laughs> and she was absolutely right uh, and that was one of the best bits of advice when I thought that oh there's an injury coming on it wasn't an injury it was just a, it was just the body adjusting the shock of everything mm. um, and then yeah, after a few weeks it got better and better um, and now my body's pretty much adjusted I have to say just just the, o- the only thing that it has to overcome is the adversities of the weather so uh, um, heavy winds and rain and, and he- heat waves that we've had recently and, um, but the the one thing that I always say to myself when have other people is like pain is temporary and pride is forever. So no matter what the pain is you're feeling at the moment in time, whether it be physical, mental, emotional, psychological, um, time is a great healer. It will pass. Um, but pride will be with you forever. The mm-hmm. fact that you've got through it, the fact that it's finished and it's done and you've moved on and you've overcome it, you know, you, that that will stick with you forever. And I think about that on my runs all the time. I mean, Throughout my run I've I've had two cracked ribs, I've been bitten by an adder, I've had I've had blister burns from hogweeds on my legs, um, falling over multiple times, all sorts of, all sorts of adversities and I just keep saying, Look, this pain will be gone, it will be a distant memory, but prior to finishing that day,
1: um, I'd have done it. And I'm 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 happy to say at this stage I haven't missed a day, no matter what the what, what life has thrown at me, and that's kind of kind of like what I want to, I want other people to take away from my run, no matter what's happened, I've got through it. And, you know, you, you, like anyone can do, you can just get through it and come out on the other side to give it a bit of time and to keep going. That's incredible. Because, I mean, I, I've seen your schedule and the fact that you, you've you really stuck to that and, and come through all of those things. Again, kind of seeing the pictures of your legs after the hogweed and stuff. I don't know, definitely <laughs> not for the faint-hearted, that one. Um, and And you've just kept up that single-minded resilience to kind of to push through. And do you think, I mean, I was going to ask about sort of whether you had a kind of a mantra that you... That you said to yourself, and this idea of kind of yeah, pain being temporary. Um, do you think it's also the idea of kind of the the bigger picture of what you're doing this for? Is that a, a big motivator in those hard moments as well?
3: Absolutely. I mean, I'm. I don't know what, how, how different this run would have been if it was just me doing a challenge mm-hmm. and trying to complete it. Um, but it's hard for some people to believe, but. It, this run generally is not for me. It is to develop a retreat. Is I, I know I've lost sev- several people prior to this run to suicide and, uh, and friends of mine. Um, so it's definitely for them. And since being this run, I've, unfortunately, I've lost three more friends to suicide. Mm-hmm. Friends that I don't even be able to go to their funerals because I'm doing this. And um, yeah, so when you put that factor in, when you've got a purpose and a real passion behind something. Uh, it you know running 30 miles a day isn't a problem anymore. You just get on with it and you do it, um, and you just know. I just I know that what we're trying to develop is going to save and help people.
1: Um, so that's more than and more than enough purpose and passion I need to get through each day. I mean that's I, I I'm so sorry, and my condolences really are with you because that is as well as the, the kind of physical challenges that you're having every day and then what you've already suffered in terms of loss to have to have had that as well. Um I mean that just it must have been such a huge weight and but then also such a great motivator. And I think it, it's really inspirational that you're you're turning that emotional pain as well into something positive. And obviously I can't I can't speak for the people that you've lost, but I I am sure that that they would be used to talk about pride as well. They would be so proud of of what you were doing for them and for other people so that we don't don't lose more to these horrible illnesses. Like um it's it's really like I I feel quite choked up by that, I have to say, and you must yeah then, that. i appreciate it it is it is really hard and but on and it is the fire that that helps push me and drive me around and helps me to get this development up and running but
3: on the flip side um there there are dozens of people that i have helped prior to to this um um, using the different methods and techniques, giving them the understanding and awareness on how they can help themselves. And I've seen some of them, and mo- most of them have been in contact and say, you know, I'm in a much better place now. You know, we believe in head up the retreat. You know, just, just through me talking to these certain people and giving them advice and and trying to give them a, a bit of what we're going to do at the retreat, they've managed to get themselves out of their, their adversities and push on in life. And, so do it. You know that's an, that's another addition to fire. Knowing that we, we feel feel very confident and what we're about to deliver will help and not just help save life, but just improve people's lives. Because that's someone going through life really struggling all the time and not living the, the life that they should be living is almost. You know, as bad as losing someone because they deserve to live um, a happy and prosperous life. Everyone does. And we hope that what we teach and what we're going to deliver
1: is going to help people to get there. Yeah. And we only, we only have short time on this, on this earth. And if you can help people to, to really believe that each day, each day counts and they count as well, you know, that they are, they are worthy and they, they they are worth being involved in that life. That that's that's really amazing. Um, and I think you've kind of you've sort of touched on this with what you've just been saying. But I think a lot of people who kind of go through these these big endurance challenges, whether that be a race or or um, something that they've set themselves, can often feel kind of that that sort of come down almost afterwards, and that sort of I've got to get on to the next thing. Um, but you're you're doing this as you say for the kind of the the bigger reason the bigger picture and and there's more that kind of motivates you than than just the the kind of the physical challenge of it so in terms of it kind of ending and I mean that's going to be strange in itself. You're you're not getting up to run as much as you are every day, um, but are your plans then? Can you talk to me about sort of what's next with with head up and the and the stages that that's going to go through?
3: Yeah. Um, so when I
0: finish this run, I am going to be so unbelievably unbelievably busy. It's going to make <laughs> this run look like a, te- a teapot run. I mean, yeah, there's so much to do to get this this retreat developed and
3: underway. Um, so with a trip at this round, I've made hundreds and hundreds of, of connections, people that want to be involved, that be businesses, individuals, organisations, establishments. It's um, all about, well, hopefully, for the first few weeks, a couple of weeks at least, there'll be a lot of media. Uh, we've got quite a few media platforms involved that want to uh, do stuff um so hopefully I I can help spread the spread the word a lot more, get the, the name out there, find um national media channels. Um and then from there, uh, there's a lot of work to be done as in creating a portfolio. Uh, so we're actually the the retreat we're developing is, is a multi million million pound state of the art state of the art retreat. Um and For this to happen, we need a lot of money. Um, There are lots of grants, teams out there, or grant givers out there that will will can give hundreds of millions of pounds away every year, Uh, and we just want certain bits of it. So we need to create a portfolio. We need to find the grounds. We have a business plan already in place, but we need to to amplify that um, and actually put to, to. find the place exactly where we want to be, get planning permission, um, see the council, make sure that they're happy with everything we want to do, uh, start getting our financial reports together, taking that to the grant giver, um, see if they can give us the money for the certain projects that we want to create, uh, and then start getting it underway and start getting it rolling, start creating the team behind us as well. At the moment, it's only me working full-time and I actually currently work full-time voluntary no one takes wage from their from the charity as it stands. Mm-hmm. and so yeah there's a lot of work to be done but it's it's all positive it is and I'm um, looking forward to the challenge it's up, you know from one challenge to another um um completely different in in in, in, in a sense but this run was all part it's, this run is just part a small, very small part of head up retreat that's all it is and the head up retreat is the big picture and always
2: will be
1: I mean that uh, that's amazing and I, I am absolutely confident that you know you've got (laughs) whatever strength you're showing in this run that is that's going to channel into this this next stage of the project to make it a success um and there is I mean this run in itself is it, it will be a world record am I right in thinking that as well
3: you are well you were right unfortunately I sacrificed it um, but it would have been two world records. I would have set a new world record for running around the United Kingdom because there's only been four other people that ran around Great Britain, but not not United Kingdom because I'm doing Northern Ireland. Um, but also, I think the fastest was 13 months. Where well, I was doing it in seven
2: months, so I've broken the Great British
3: uh, Island record um, running around the Great British Isle, Isles record by quite a bit. I actually took out the, north, the top north of Scotland, mm-hmm. um, and the simple reason was, it wasn't much, it was just a little bit, but it, it was a couple of weeks, and it was meant that I was going to have to camp, because it's so isolated, no one there, it meant me camping for two, three, and even four days at a time, and when I sat down with the, the rest of the team, we kind of said, look... Before I even started this run, I said, I'm not going to camp at all. Uh, I want to meet people every single day. You know, I'm, I'm not... I mean, I'm already running 30 miles a day with 10
2: kilograms on my back. I don't want to put camping kit on my back. Mm. Um,
3: but also, I want to be, be about a charity. So I wanted to meet people every day. And my friend said, well, do you really want to camp for four days? I said, well, not really. That's not what I'm out here doing. I'm out here to talk about the charity. Um, so we made... Um, we made a decision just before the run started to take it out, which, unfortunately, it forfeited the world records. But the more I've gone around, the more I don't actually mind. Yes, it would be nice for the world record. Yes, media might have picked up on it a bit more if it was. However, it takes it takes the run away from me a bit more now. It's not about me or this guy who broke some world records. It can just solely be about the charity and a guy running around 5,000 miles around the UK talking about head-up charity, talking about mental health and creating awareness. So, yeah, I've forfeited it. But um, I do have another world record. I've always wanted the world record. I've got (laughs) one lined up to to make up for not getting this one.
1: Oh, is there uh, any spoilers on that? Are you keeping that one under wraps at the moment? (laughs) No, I can talk about it. I've only been talking to the world record, uh, Guinness World Records. Uh, And it's me and one other person. And it won't be straight, it'll be maybe in a year's time or something, but uh, we're flipping an 80 kilogram
3: tractor
1: tyre, the length of a marathon. Oh my goodness, the length of a marathon, so that's like, uh, oh my goodness, that puts obstacle course racing to shame, really, doesn't it? Well, it's
3: just, I love strength stuff and I love endurance stuff and I think it kind of,
2: had a great mixture of both there,
1: so. the big question is obviously how much of that will be standing on one leg doing that. <laughs> no.
2: Yeah, not much.
1: No yeah. <laughs> um and I mean that's a really bold decision as well, to say no, I'm I'm I am i am gonna stay true to the reasons that I'm doing this and I know that, you you know, you have been staying with people at each stage and meeting and talking. And what do you think your when you look back on this, when you've got a little bit of space to reflect on it, what do you think your biggest highlights will be? Um, I think the biggest highlights would be just the amount of, and I don't like saying
3: it because I don't like over making myself sound like I'm some sort of running You know, cancer or something, but just the amount of lovely messages I've had from people saying you've really helped. You know, um, I've had messages from mums and dads and husbands and wives and saying thank you for talking to my son or my husband or whoever it may be. His life's changed dramatically since joining you or running with you or talking with you. Uh, you really helped, uh so I've had quite a few marriages, so you really helped our marriage because you've, you've allowed, helped my husband speak about stuff and stuff that we wouldn't speak about before. Uh, so I think the highlight would just be the amount of people that I've engaged with and that, that, that life I've helped to, to change for the better. Um, without even really doing much apart from just talking at a table or talking about what's was with people and just being honest and open. Um, you know, I'm not a counsellor, I don't have degrees in psychology, but I'm just a normal person who, who's been through something but willing to talk about it openly and candidly in front of people and give them my advice in different ways and how I've overcome it myself.
1: That's amazing. And I think just as a, as a a final question, because this is all about kind of the the joy and, well, the sort of the, the inner balance that we can find from... Um, from movement, whether that be through running but just the, the kind of challenge of getting up each day, showing up and putting one foot in front of the other in whatever form that takes and I'm just interested it's, this is probably the most difficult question actually what does joy mean to you? Um, I think joy to me is uh, being content enough
3: to just Get on with your day-to-day life um, without having to worry about what other people are thinking, having to worry that if you're doing the right or wrong thing, um, and just you just feeling like you're in the right place, and that you, or even if life is even if everything around you isn't perfect, that you're 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 moving in the right direction, that you're doing what you feel to be the right. I think you're not doing something because someone else has told you to. You're not doing it because other people do it. You're doing it because it it feels right to you and it goes along with your morals and standards. Um, but I think the, the biggest bit of joy that I get in life is helping other people. And uh, I think when you look at the chemical makeup and, of our bodies, and especially like serotonin, which is probably the most biggest and strongest hormone and drug in the world, some people sometimes say, Um, the way to ignite that the most is by doing something nice for someone else to help someone. And that is how humans evolve in life. Um, Without this, we wouldn't help each other and we wouldn't still be here. So if if anyone, and I do it myself, if anyone ever feels like they're in a bit of a sad place, go and do something nice for someone, normally a stranger,
1: um, and just see how good you feel for the rest of the day. It's actually quite incredible. Thank you so much Paul um, I've got so much from our conversation. I've really been looking forward to it and to to be able to speak with you and just to hear about your incredible journey both with just kind of what you've what you've overcome personally um, in spite of everything that you're doing at the moment that's almost one of the the biggest accomplishments. I think, and one that is obviously ongoing as well. And then how you've used that to help other people and in such an incredibly humble manner as well. Um, I think that's something that so many people can take take so much away from Um, and i'm really keen to kind of help spread the word about head up it's obviously only really just the beginning of the journey with that Um, and so if people want to follow your story um or support or and support the charity where where are the best places for them to do that
2: thank you
3: and yes we are at the beginning there's a lot to come very excited about it um, we've put a lot of hard work in it at the moment. We've got promotion videos, we've got brochures out there explaining exactly who we are, uh, what we hope, our vision, what we hope to achieve, and how we hope to achieve it. Um, so, the best place is our website. Um, so, you can either Google head up charity and hopefully we should be the first thing that comes up in our website, or you can go to head up.org.uk and you'll see on the website everything that I was talking about. You'll see the some of the graphics of the retreat that we're hoping um, to develop. and You'll also see a page on there explaining about the, the different teachings we want, some of the different teachings we want to teach on there. So everything is on there. It's, it's uh, some great some great content. Um, we have social medias as well. So LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Um, but all the links are on the website. And also, if you would like to donate or help spread the word or even be a fundraiser, we we'll, we'll get lots of fundraising ask after we'll more. Uh, that's all on the website too and it should all be quite obvious as to where it is and it's and so is all email address if someone wants you to get in contact for any reason whatsoever
1: that's amazing and i'll put all of those details in the show notes as well just in case anyone <laughs> wants to wants to follow those from a link as well um and if people want to come in and see you finish your run or run some bits for the final for the final stretch um where will you be finishing so, I've got, so I finish on the 1st of October, Saturday, the 1st of October.
3: Uh, I finish in Liverpool. Uh, my final point will be Crosby Beach. Um, so from Crosby, from Liverpool Dots, Crosby Beach. I haven't got a time in just yet, so we have to look out, keep an eye on the website or social media pages, but it will all be published soon. Um, but if you want to get the last few days in, again, on the website, there, there's a page dedicated to my run. And... On there, tell you the whole list of the, my dates, um, the date places, and um, mileage as well. Um, so please get in touch. Um, if you there's a, an email address for me on there as well, so feel free to contact me via email address, and I'll get back to to you. Um, so yeah.
1: Thank you well Very I'll, sorry, certainly, I'll certainly be doing that and following along your story and thank you so much again for this incredible conversation and like um, you, you express lots of gratitude well my gratitude today is certainly to, to have had the opportunity to speak to you so thank you Paul um, and really looking forward to seeing how this all develops in the future as well. Oh, thank you so much.
0: I am so grateful to the community that is growing around the podcast. And if you've enjoyed today's episode, I would so appreciate if you can share it with your communities and help spread the message of support, perseverance and joy further. If you have any feedback or suggestions for future guests, you can find me on Instagram at running underscore on underscore joy. I'd love to hear from you. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time for running on joy.